Hustle Zone. Happy Fun Friday. It is me, Nick Hausman, at WZ Rebel over on Twitter, and I am joined here today in the co-host seat by our good friend from MLW One Shot. He is a former WWE creative team member, Alex Greenfield. Alex, welcome to WZ Daily. Hey, man. Thanks so much for having me on. It's good to be here. Yeah, we've been saying, you know, it's been a while. We've been circling each other like a couple of sharks around a steak, but now we finally get to eat the steak together. I want to know what ocean this is where there are stakes floating around. I think that's the first question we really need to wrestle with. Dude, here. have you seen these hurricanes? I'm from Houston, man. There were stakes flying through the air, winding up out in the Gulf of Mexico. These things happen now. They are realities that we live in. Uh, yeah, actually, actually it's uh, it's funny. So I do a, a podcast over at MLW with MVP. Uh, he and I have been friends you know, since he came to WWE. I was the head writer at SmackDown when he started. We've been friends for years. And he was telling me he lives out in Houston. And um, I guess just in the weird geography, his house was mostly spared. And his neighbors across the street are, like, having to completely rebuild their homes. What you guys went through is unbelievable, man. Yeah, my folks were lucky. They moved in. We live in a suburb right outside Houston. Uh, but they were, like, one of the first people to buy property, and they bought it at the highest point. And so my home right now was described to me for about a week as an island, which is bizarre because I would have never thought of my home as, like, an island. It's just very open. It's, it's a wooded area. It's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I, we went through up here. My wife and I live up in Vermont and uh, Hurricane Irene came through uh, whatever it was five years ago. And it was only a tropical storm by the time it hit up here. Dude, we had our basement was flooded. We had to get a new boiler. We you know, there was water up to the middle of my chest. I'm five nine. And uh, yeah, it was it was scary. And we didn't get anything like the full force of a category one hurricane. Yeah. Uh, well, thinking of obviously thinking about everybody down in the Gulf. Uh, let's shift gears here a little bit. We only have half an hour. We got a lot to I get. Was, I was just going to say we yeah. were going to talk the hurricane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, oh, that's right. We like wrestling. wrestling. Sorry. Obviously, everyone in the Gulf is in our thoughts right now. Uh, but real quickly, before we dive into the pro wrestling news the last 24 hours, uh, you are here, Alex, because you are participating in MLW one shot. So uh, we've been talking to a lot of the stars of MLW One Shot. We had Shane Strickland on. We had Tony Schiavone on uh, just yesterday. What is your role in October 5th show? Uh, if if uh, if we had enough money to get business cards, mine would say uh, uh, I'm supervising producer. Basically, uh, uh, I am uh, I am a my background is is mostly film and television uh, uh, before and after WWE. So I'm helping to produce the sort of story elements that go into the show. Uh, we're doing a series, a documentary series on uh, Shane Strickland versus Ricochet and their sort of march. Uh, and I sort of was one of the one of the voices in helping put that together with Court. Um, I'm doing some super double secret, uh, very very pretty vignettes uh, for some of our talent that'll be airing. Uh, in and around the show. So I'm basically, I sort of come in as the uh, on the ground producer for the story stuff. Man, how, how different was it? Because I've been watching these uh, chapters you guys have been doing about Ricochet and Shane. We actually just put up chapter four last night. Uh, Court's letting us put them on the WrestleZone Facebook page. So I ran yep, it yep. I saw that. I, I think I retweeted the link the other night. Thanks for doing that for us. Yeah, no problem. Um, but they're beautiful. What's the difference in putting something together like that than your traditional wrestling vignette? 
Uh, it, it, it's magnificently fun. In, in fairness, I've been uh, working on these from afar, uh, uh, sort of in the editorial and story phase and, and sort of constructing the narrative. It was all court and a wonderful photographer uh, named Harry and Shane and Ricochet and their various cabal of friends um, who actually shot the material down in Orlando. And it's it's really fun, uh, sort of. We we all come out of uh, a lot of the creative members of of because uh, uh, we don't really have a creative team. We're much more anarchist than that. Sure. Um, but the the group of guys, the group of friends putting this together, you know, Court, MSL, me, and and our our circle of friends, um, we went through the boot camp of WWE and learned some some very good things and some very bad things about how regimented the way stories are told in wrestling uh, tends to unfold. And and a lot of what we're doing with One Shot is really having fun and experimenting with the form, uh, particularly playing with, you know, social media is a big part of our lives, you know, and we're we're tweeting out and putting on YouTube this uh, this documentary series. And part of the fun on it in a meta way is well, where does kayfabe end and documentary begin? It's um, it's a fun, fun process getting to play with the lines of fact and fiction. And it's something that's very true to the spirit of, you know, the Gold Dust Trio and Slam Bang Wrestling. <laughs> uh, well, we'll get to more MLW one shot chatter here at the end of the show. I've got a whole segment put aside for it. Uh, but we are going to jump to the pro wrestling news. A couple of little topics I wanted to bring up here before we get into it. Uh, first of all, today is the 70th birthday of Teddy Long. Amazing. Can you believe that? I cannot believe that. He. I can't believe he's 70 years 70. old. That's crazy to me. Right? That man does not look like he's 70. He looks like maybe 55. And he's looked the same. It's sort of like Patrick Stewart from uh, from Star Trek and the X-Men movies. Teddy Long has looked the same for 25 years yeah. at this point. Like yeah. since he got rid of the braid of the braids, like this has been the same guy. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, so happy birthday to Teddy. Uh, also, uh, last night they did the uh, first NXT taping since Hurricane Irma. They got delayed. Uh, so we have the spoilers for NXT up on WrestleZone's main page right now. I don't want to get into them uh, too, too much. Uh, I will say that Leo Rush debuted, which is very cool. So you can go find out what he's doing over there. Adam Cole made his in-ring debut at the tapings last night. Um, and also, they've set up this new feud that seems to be, I think, that it's going to be maybe the centerpiece of NXT here for at least a little foreseeable future. And that's this new feud with Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, they're either called Undisputed or the Undisputed Era. I'm still a little unsure. Um, but they are <laughs> they, they are this trio. And they're, I was like, well, who is this faction going to battle with? Who's going to be the rival faction here? And it turns out that's what they're going to do with the UK crew. It's going to be the UK versus this Ring of Honor type feud in NXT. Uh, I just wanted to get your quick thoughts on what do you think of that pairing there? I'm pretty high on it myself. Uh, uh, first first off, like anybody who's listened to any of my nonsense uh, around in, in and around wrestling on the internet for any length of time knows I am a big, big mark for British wrestling. I, I abs It's my favorite sort of division of, of and style of wrestling in the world. Progress is the bee's knees to me. I think it's the best promotion on earth. So seeing these guys up on the big stage just in and of itself is fantastic. Like I love Killian Dane in, in sanity and, and 
Um, and what Pete Dunne did, uh, obviously, I'm, I'm learning the spoilers from you. I love that they're rolling forward from with this program. Like, I thought Pete Dunne's reaction when, um, uh, uh, when, when Red Dragon <laughs> and Adam Cole hit the ring was outstanding. What are their names in WWE? The what era? The Undisputed Era. Now, here's the thing. Now, the way that they rolled out the name of this, this stable was they put out a shirt on WWE shot, Shop that says The Undisputed Era. Okay, and then Adam Cole tweets out, here's our new shirt. We are dot, 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 undisputed. So I don't know. Are they the undisputed era or are they undisputed? I'm a little I'm a little shaky. I, I, I'm, I'm shaky all the way around. And uh, I, I, but I'm just, I suppose they can grow into the name. But anyway, the angle, the angle <laughs> on NXT uh, this week with Mustache Mountain and Dunn and, and those guys, like, I think it all works great. Um, and, and I'm excited to see all of these guys getting a spotlight on the big stage and that they're getting emphasized so much. I, I'd seen nothing but great things from this. All right. Again, I don't want to dive too much into the spoilers there, but that was teased on the most recent episode of NXT. So I felt yep. comfortable throwing that out there. Uh, all right. Uh, with that, um, we are going to be diving into the pro wrestling news on the other side of these five matches we have here today, five full matches here. Uh, I'm going to be playing an interview I did backstage at the last Viva La Wrestling show here in Chicago at Reggie's Rock Club. This is about three weeks ago. VLR3, of course, coming up November 19th. It's going to be an all-day blowout. Starts at like 3 p.m., goes to 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, but this interview is with Alter Boy Alex Olsen. We'll talk a bit about that here in a couple minutes. But here's how we do our pro wrestling news show. The news is boring and lame for the most part. And they have things like segments and an A block and a B block. We don't do that stuff here. We do a pro wrestling news show. So we have matches where we grapple with the top news of the last 24 hours or weekend, if it's a Monday, from the world of professional wrestling. At the end of each match, we are going to pick a winner and a loser of whatever topic we just discussed. So let's get to it here. Match number one, let's grapple with Rusev. What do we know about Rusev? First of all, Mary Delana. Second of all, lost a flag match to Cena earlier this summer. He then recently lost to Randy Orton at SummerSlam in 10 seconds. The twist here the last 24 hours, Wrestling Observer reporting, the plan is to roll forward with Rusev and Orton as a feud into Hell in a Cell. So let's start there. Uh, Alex, what do you think of the handling of Rusev since he's come back from injury? Oh, I think that I would think the handling since he's come back from injury is not great. Rusev is a guy I'm I've always been interested uh, uh, interesting on. I did not buy into Rusev for a very long time. I was way behind. Uh, I I felt like he was a villain built for Cena to dispatch at WrestleMania, and that would be the end of him. And it turns out he is a really smart, sharp uh, performer who has made just about everything work. Um, and despite bad booking, his personality just gets him across. Boy, I hope they don't go and have Randy beat him again, because at this point, what are they warming Randy up for? I think, uh, uh, Rusev is a stronger villain, uh, uh, to, to set up for a run with styles is, is, Certainly what I would pitch if I were still in the room. Well, and the thing is, Orton did get the big win at SummerSlam, but he's coming off a couple of losses as well. He did the Bray Wyatt, yep. feet, right? And then, then he had the Jinder Mahal. He's really the guy who put Jinder Mahal where he is right now. Uh, and so both these guys kind of in need of something. It seemed like they wanted to heat Orton up at SummerSlam, but it does seem more like, you know, Rusev down and out, a lot of fire right now, probably wants to kick out and, you know, get something over on Orton here and move forward. That Styles program seems really strong. I, I just, I don't know. With both these guys, they're just so eh, middle of the road right now at SmackDown. I, I don't know what this feud really does for me at the moment. 
I am not going to argue that point with you at all. It is not the most exciting thing on my television screen on Tuesday nights. Okay. <laughs> so Rusev's push here. It looks like he's rolling forward with Horton. Who wins if that's the decision they're going with here? Uh, I will go with my gut and say Rusev wins. Okay. And uh, who's the loser? And it doesn't have to be like the actual winner or loser in a match. But in this story here about you know the push of Rusev, who do you think is losing in this story? Oh, losing in terms of perception. I think I think ultimately Randy can't be hurt by a losing program because you can heat him up so quickly. There's just so much equity. I hate even using the word brand, but especially among casual fans, there is such a residual enjoyment of Randy Orton that you can really heat him up fast. So I don't think he's in any real sense a loser, except I think it's more important to build Rusev right now because Orton's kind of rudderless until they figure out what his WrestleMania program is. You know who the loser is here is Lana. WTF, right? Like, why isn't she a part of, why isn't she still with Rusev? What the hell is she doing right now? She's lost. She's the one losing here, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, uh, what, are, what are your choices on the multiple choice? It's sort of D, <laughs> all of the above. Yeah, there you go. Uh, on to match number two, what are we grappling with? Let's grapple with the U.S. title picture. You just brought up AJ Styles. He's the current champion, current U.S. champion. He's got an open challenge going a la John Cena. He just wrestled Ty Dillinger this past Tuesday night on SmackDown. The twist here, it's official now. Baron Corbin has accepted the challenge. He will be this Tuesday on SmackDown Live taking on AJ Styles. It's been teased for a while now. Um, Baron Corbin, are you sold on Baron Corbin? Do you like Baron Corbin? I I don't. Um, <laughs> like and like it feels so. I, I've 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 been talking about this for years with the guy. Like he keeps showing flashes of fire that I really like. Like there was a bit near the end of his NXT run where he was sort of doing what Batista did towards the end of his last run of being the anti-indie guy. This is this is the age of the superhero yeah. kind of guy. I like and him. I loved that. But every time they start to bring him up, and I don't know, like I read the same shit in The Observer and whatever that you do. I have no inside knowledge on whether he has heat or anything like that. But what I do know is, in a similar way to Bray Wyatt, um, they start to light the fire and you really start to see the potential and then it all just evaporates. It's, um, yeah. I, and that's, that leaves the big question as to who is the winner and loser of this feud. I say AJ, but I don't know whether it's, I'm so turned off by Corbin as, as a character right now that honestly, I just want AJ to win a lot. So I may just be giving a Mark answer there. Now, what do, what do you think if the story is true about Corbin stepping up to Dr. Joseph Maroon backstage? What do you, what do you make of that? Um, you're going to have to, I read that headline uh, over at Cage Side or something like that uh, and didn't really read the article. So I don't actually know what the story is. It was something about concussions, yeah? Yeah, well, the, the, way, the way that the story goes is Baron Corbin is currently in this NFL lawsuit because he's a former NFL player against yeah. the NFL for, you know, basically hiding concussion issues from the players. That's like the long and the short of the, the lawsuit. Now you go over and he's in a WWE locker room and the doctor that he is suing, right, in the NFL is the current concussion doctor for the WWE. And Dr. Maroon gets up there and, you know, he starts saying how the movie, uh, whatever, the concussion movie with Will Smith portrayed him wrongly and a lot of this stuff is overblown. And it sounds like Baron Corbin just kind of, instead of going privately and, you know, bringing out his complaint here to management or whatever, decided to step up in the locker room and say, I don't necessarily know that you're giving us the full truth here. 
And that is apparently right before he lost money in the bank, right before he lost at a, you know, Cena. Oh, so dickish. I got I to gotta say, for a guy who was uh, burying Corbin mere moments ago, I'm totally on Team Corbin. That's, that, uh, yeah. I think it's ballsy that he stood up. And I think it was the right thing to do, and more power to him. And that, and you know what? This guy lives in the same house now that The Undertaker and The Big Show lived in. I, I don't know. There's something about Corbin right now where I know there's like a stink about him around especially a lot of wrestling fans, even folks like you that have been spent time in the business, right? But stories like that, I don't know. In the long run, I, I think there's going to be something there with Baron. But um, anyway, we already talked winners and losers here. Let's move to match number three. What are we grappling with here? Let's grapple with Bailey. What do we know about Bailey? Currently on the Raw roster, the twist here in the last 24 hours, Sports Illustrated did an interview with Bailey, and uh, she said she wants to main event WrestleMania 35. God, she wants to do it, Alex. What are the odds? Uh, the odds are very very limited, um, but I respect. But I give much respect to the ambition. Um, I, I mean, talking about, you know, since returns from injury, uh, in the, since call-ups from NXT, I feel like Bailey is the biggest dropped ball of, of recent memory to me. Uh, uh, maybe since the summer of punk fizzled out with Triple H and Kevin Nash, right? Like she was a license to print money from a young audience. I have, uh, my wife's younger sisters have children um, and they became wrestling fans because of Bailey. Right. Um, it, she, and, and they've utterly dropped the ball with her. I think she's talented and charismatic enough to bring it back, but uh, 35 may be a little um, excessive, both in terms of changing the culture at WWE and Bailey being at the place she needs to be to do that kind of match. What do you do? You think that the the death knell here, possibly for her push, was when they did that uh, no DQ match with Bliss, and she refused to use the kendo stick. I just thought that made look her made her look really soft in a division full of really tough women right now that are going to go and and do more physical things. Uh, I actually hoped that they would be that what they were doing was a a raw based replay of the Sami Zayn story of him needing to find his killer instinct to beat Neville. Um, and I thought that's what they were going to do with her, which I thought would have been a great story. And that's just not the direction they went. No, right? no. So, even John Cena, John Cena, the Hulk Hogan, the, the Bailey of the men's division, clobbered JBL with an right. 18-wheeler uh, tailpipe, right? Bloodied the man. It, you know? Absolutely. Um, but, but I think there's a great story to tell in her learning. She has to do that. It's a last step story. Just, I always think in terms of narrative, right? Yeah. Um, I think that could have been a great story, but that's not what they did. She's just, she was unchanged and that's, that's terrible storytelling to, to, for a character that you want to see grow and triumph. Uh, so here we go. Bailey, she says she wants to main event WrestleMania 35. Who wins in that story? I think uh, Bailey does the job in that story. Okay. Bailey losing in this headline, unfortunately. Good interview from Barrasso, though. I like to give Justin Barrasso props when I can. Uh, on to match number four, two matches left here. What do we got to grapple with? Let's grapple with Brazango. What do we know about Brazango? They've recently appeared on 205 Live and arrested Drew Gulak for crimes against fashion. Uh, they have been attacked in recent weeks by mystery assailants. The twist here, Wrestling Observer reporting that Primo and Epico are rumored to be revealed as the attackers. Primo is due back imminently following a recent knee injury. The original plans were for Harper and Rowan to be the assailants, but for whatever reason, those plans were scrapped. Uh, man, where do you want to begin there? Uh, I don't know what, uh, I, I don't want to say upsets me the most, 
whether they're on 205 Live or whether it was supposed to be Harper and Rowan that were behind this. Both of those things I'm not too hot on. Uh, I, I mean, I mostly – look, I am a big – we were talking about narratives, right? Fashion Files has been some of the most clever vignette making that, that WWE has done in a long time. Like, especially once they took the turn into Twin Peaks territory, they've just been fantastic. Um, can I say – like, this This is the worst kind of – can I say that I'm sort of so checked out from the 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 tag team programs? I, I mean, I guess Harper and Rowan would have made sense. Yeah. Primo and Epico, I just – like, it just seems preposterous and <laughs> – and, with without reason and i mean at least rowan and harper have a history of being bad guys i don't know it sounds it sounds silly and if they wrap it up in a really smart silly episode of fashion files as opposed to in a terrible match that becomes a blood feud i think i'll be okay with it uh (laughs) who's the winner and the loser in this story Oh, God, there's not a strong winner because none of those solutions to the mystery really are exciting. Yeah. Uh, Also, real quickly, uh, before we get off the Brazango topic, what do you think of the move to put talent like Brazango and Enzo on 205 Live? They're not cruiserweights, but they're more like comedy entertainment. Is that what 205 Live needs? Uh, I mean, they're struggling to find an audience for that show, and I will be the first to admit, I don't watch it. I watch matches when I hear there are good matches, but I don't regularly watch the show i it's tough i don't know what it needs but trying to get more personality based acts on a show known for not having great personality acts um is like when you're sitting in the producer's room that is a, it's an understandable solution let's make god damn it pal let's make this more entertainment yeah uh, by the way, WWE main event still exists tonight on main event on the network. Uh, the Revival's Dash Wilder is taking on Rhino. I saw that today, and I was like, wow, that's a really fun match. So maybe go out of your way Yeah, to that does sound fun, right? I should look that up. <laughs> I know. I was like sitting, I aggregate the news two hours every morning, and I was like, hmm, cool. Glad to see that's Man, happening. I know it's a segue off the list. Man, I continue to be so bummed about the Revival. They were the best goddamn tag team on earth. <laughs> and then a double injury, right? Like, yeah. it just, ah, they couldn't get out of the blocks it sucks Dude, I, the raw tag division is the one that suffered the most you know this past monday night when uh, ambrose and rollins are like we got to find two partners who could they possibly be i was like it'll be the hardys they're the only yeah, other, there's they're nobody the, else they're the only <laughs> other tag team on raw i know the answer to this mystery uh <laughs> last uh last match you were going to grapple with uh let's grapple and match number five with the wwe ratings what do we know right now on monday nights wwe is back to going head of head to head with the nfl uh, also on Tuesday night this past week, they went head-to-head on with pretty much every network that was airing the Hurricane Harvey charity telethon. Um, the twist here, believe it or not, SmackDown Live actually saw the highest-rated show they've had since April. 2.754 million viewers featured the return of Vince McMahon, three title matches. Raw did 2.9 million, barely beat him out by about 150,000 viewers. Very close this week. Uh, Raw, by the way, doing much better than a lot of people expected against the NFL. Um, r- ratings, Alex, ratings. Um, d- is this what you expected this week? I mean, there was some stiff competition here. They certainly tried to put their best foot forward. No, you know, as you were going over the ratings report, uh, and I have no evidence of this. This is like a Meltzer or similar data junkie question. I wonder if ratings for wrestling don't go up when there's wall-to-wall coverage of a national event. 
You know what I mean? Like, because there are fewer choices, more people go to wrestling. Um, the short answer is no. I would have my intuition would have been that ratings were down because of both sports and the hurricane. But I'm trying to think of what would drive people to WWE at that point, And maybe it's the time for escapism. Do you, I kind of feel like people are souring on the NFL. I, there's just a lot of negativity, I think, a lot of negative stories. I, I don't know. This, this season doesn't have the same bite as I, I feel like it has in the past. Man, you're talking to it like I, I don't watch real sports. I, I produce some MMA. That's about as close as I get. I'm the worst football. We could talk about Friday Night Lights, the series. That's that's about where my football knowledge ends and begins. All right. Uh, well, obviously the WWE is winning here. The ratings are up. I don't know that you can really cast yeah. anyone as a loser here. Um, real quickly before I throw to this altar boy Alex Olson interview, though, I got to get your thoughts, Alex. Vince McMahon bled for Kevin Owens on Tuesday night. What did you think of that segment? Uh, for, firstly, I didn't get along with Vince very well during my time at WWE. So there was, there was on a marquee level, uh, uh, I was, I was making the terrible error of booing the heel, but I thought it was great. And I think that, like, trust me when I say, uh, I, cause I know a lot of people and depending on the finish, a whole lot of people could say, um, um, that, oh, oh, Kevin Owens is, you know, going to end up dying on the altar that Vince went that far for Kevin uh, is about as big a statement of faith uh, in a performer as you could ever imagine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you say he went there, died on the altar. What a great transition because we are right now going to be playing an interview I did with altar boy, Alex Olson. You want to hear this ridiculous storyline he's involved in at Viva La Raslin, Alex? Yeah, from... yeah, tell me. So Alter Boy Alex Olson, he is the altar boy for Sister Kiki, who we think is a bearded, chubby man, but no, no confirmation. And they're currently feuding with Uncle Chester, who has a pension for underage children, right? I would, I, with a name like Chester, how can you go wrong? This is a 21 and up show, by the way, that happens. <laughs> I was just going to say, so this is a kid's show? No, this is not a children's <laughs> show. So in this interview here, we're going to be talking to Alex right now because, you know, I, I, I kind of phrase it, I'll, I'll, I'll phrase it really well in the interview, but Alex is struggling with more than just wins and losses. You know, there is a... You know, there's some dignity on the line here if Uncle Chester were to get his hands on Alter Boy Alex Olson. So enjoy this interview, and uh, we'll, ch we'll, we'll chat with you here on the other side to wrap up the show. Backstage here at Reggie's, Nick Hausman with Alter Alec Boy? Alter Boy, yeah. Alter Boy Alex Olson? Alter Boy, whatever they want to call me. Now, how long? You've only been an Alter Boy. Well, last, last show you came out. Yeah. The first, the inaugural show. Yeah. As Alter Boy Alex Olson. Yeah, because um, the day before I actually got baptized, so so I can actually become an Alter Boy. Wow. Yeah. That's really intense. Yeah, a lot of work into it. Now, Alter Boys are usually, you know, younger boys. Yeah. You're you're more of an Alter Man. Yeah, but I have the boy look. Uh boyish, boyish look. Yeah, okay. I could pass for a twelve-year-old. Now. So, like, why is, are you particularly religious? Like, why did you? Because this Viva Wrestling is a is a really raunchy, rock and roll, hardcore, edgy show, and and why why be part of a, the the clergy? Well, you know they're the real nice pastor we have, Pastor Corbin, and he really convinced me. He told he showed me the light of the way here, and he told me this is horrible, all the sin that's happening, and that horrible Uncle Chester. He told me how bad of a sinner he is, and he said, "Come here, we got to fight this right now." Yeah, because Uncle Chester kind of, you know, it kind of has like an edge to him where maybe he wants to, like, I get the vibe to touch you sexually. 
I was going to say, his window doesn't have van. I mean, his um, van doesn't have windows. Sure. So I was going to say, what do you think that has to say? I mean, are you concerned? I mean, like, if you were to, like, lose, like, if you did have to, you know, spend more time around Uncle Chester. Like, I've been praying to avoid it as much as possible. And I know he, he's been in prison before, back when Totally Tool was around. I, I didn't know that he had spent time in prison before. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm hoping the police catch up to him once more. And finally get rid of them. That's like, I mean, like in wrestling, there's like really high stakes, right? But title belts, you can become a king. But for you, you might actually like, it sounds like, have sexual relations forced upon you if you really don't hold your own here in Viva La Wrestling. And that's that's like a whole other level right there. Of scary thoughts. Yeah, that's a whole new level. Now, we, like we said, you have boyish looks. Do you, do you dive deep then and you say, I have to be a, an alter man. I have to like confront this person here. And I can't just be a boy in this situation. Yeah, I have that feeling a lot, and then I have a lot of feeling of just prayer. Got to go, got to go through with it. I mean, <sighs> I, I remember Shawn Michaels and God working together to work to win a match. So I'm using that Shawn Michaels power right there. Did they win that match? Let's say yes. Okay, okay. They won it in my heart. Okay, <laughs> Alex, uh, I wanna, I wanna thank you very much for taking the time. I know, again, you got to be on your guard here. Yeah. You never know when Uncle Chester could be lurking around the corner, wanting to grab you, duct tape in hand, handcuffs, ready to roll. Yeah. So anyway, any, you wanna tell people where they can find you on Twitter in case they need to locate the body? They wanna find you, follow you. The, <laughs> the body, it'll be in a lake right by, right by a van with no windows. Okay. But um, otherwise, you'll find me at church. Thank you very much, Alter Boy Alex Olson. And again, if you want to see Alex Olson's Alex Olson, Sister Kiki, uh, Uncle Chester, they'll all be there. Uh, it'll be November 19th at Reggie's Rock Club here in Chicago. Viva La Wrestling 3. Go find Viva La Wrestling over on Facebook. And uh, before I get to my final plugs here, let's one more time chat about MLW One Shot. What are the things that have you most excited, Alex? What do you want to make sure people know about going into this show? Uh, well, firstly, it's, it's getting a band of people together. This is going to be the most fun that you won't get to experience. It's going to be the most fun locker room ever. Uh, the first rule of thumb that court laid down when he started the project, uh, as we were sitting in a, in a rented place over WrestleMania weekend, uh, was a no assholes policy. So I'm getting to meet a bunch of people who I've never met before. And I'm getting to work with people who I've loved working with for years. So like on that rationale, um, the match I'm most personally excited for on the card is uh, uh, my 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 brother from another love from a from another mother uh, MVP facing Sammy Callahan, which is just going to be um, the kind of hard Japanese strikes uh, uh, strong style match um, that you're going to want to see for a long time. And uh, I'm I'm producing some stuff with them. Uh, to support that match, and it's it's going to be a barn burner. But top to bottom, like, Court's putting together just a fantastic card. You know, Jeff Cobb, uh, what, 2004 Olympian, one of the hottest stars on the Indies, is facing Filthy Tom Lawler, a legit ranked UFC fighter. Um, that's going to be a barn burner. And I have, interestingly, I have no idea. This is a jujitsu and strike expert against one of the best heavyweight wrestlers on earth. It's going to be a really incredible match. And then at the top of the card, you've got Ricochet and Shane Strickland, who are sort of battling to be the face of a, of a new style and a new generation. And, I know just based on on, you know, looking at MLW 360, these guys are going to go uh, 
you're not going to see a lot of feet touching the ground because these guys are not just going out there to entertain fans. Uh, they're going out there to one-up each other in a pretty personal way. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited. We're, we're in negotiations now to find Santana Garrett, who's a wonderful uh, woman uh, wrestler who was just in the Mae Young Classic, uh, to find her opponent. And I think you're going to be pretty excited about that. Uh, we've got some more match announcements coming this week. It's just, it's overall super duper exciting. Oh, and uh, and we just signed uh, the MJF, who's this incredibly talented, I'm just discovering his work, this talented kid out of New York yeah. with a mouth that, uh, like, dare I say, future Jericho potential. Like, this guy is just tremendous. And he's like 21 years old. Like, we've got the best of the old, the best of the new. It's going to be a really fun night in Orlando. Plug ended uh, October 5th. <laughs> October 5th. Uh, I'll continue on. You get your tickets at MLW.com. They started just 15 bucks. Of course, everything he just listed. And on top of that, Tony Schiavone calling all the action. And uh, we're going to continue the MLW one-shot love next week. Next Tuesday, my co-host will be Rich Brennan, who will be calling the action alongside Schiavone. And next Wednesday, my co-host will be Filthy Tom Lawler. I can't wait to get uh, Tom on here. Hopefully, we'll have a couple uh, UFC WWE crossover stories to chat with Tom about as well. Um, I will be back Monday here on WZ Daily, and the co-host seat will be Chicago's own w 101 WKQX's Kevin Kellum chatting all the wrestling with me. Uh, hashtag WZ Daily over on Twitter. I'm out of time, but I'll dive into the mailbag. We'll do the polls uh, on Monday. I'm sorry about that, everybody. Uh, but Bischoff on Wrestling drop Wednesday. Check it out. Of course, uh, also in the MLW umbrella, Bischoff on Wrestling over on iTunes. You can find the overrun over on IRWNetwork.com. And next Saturday, I'll be making my commentary debut at Black Label Pro's The Darkest Timeline Championship Tournament Phase 1 in Crown Point, Indiana. Be sure to check that out as well. And uh, with that, is there anything else, Alex, you'd like to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the daily for the week? Uh, only that, um, I man, I wish I'd have thought to call to call our show the Darkest Timeline. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can you can follow me on Twitter at Alex D Greenfield.